Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to Jags Drive Time with John Osher and Brian Sexton. Jags Drive Time starts right now. We ain't going nowhere, y'all. We ain't going nowhere. Hey, let's go, man. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Play fake. Herbert drops the throw. He's going to get hit. He's going to get sacked. Josh Allen got him. Big play by Josh Allen. Got him back. Huge play by the Jaguar outside linebacker. Come on, man. Come on. You know how I'm coming. You know how I'm coming. You know something that they don't know. You know something that they don't know. It's already been written in stone, man. Jacksonville on top. Jacksonville on top. Josh Allen mic'd up. Look for that on the website. Social. Probably a little bit of that in Jags Wired later this evening. Good morning and welcome to Jags Drive Time. Presented by Jet Home Loans. I'm Brian Sexton from TIAA Bank Field. Joined by John Osier. And it is Wednesday, but it's really Thursday in the week. It's um, it's challenging to know what day it is. Doug and his team do know. I, it's that way every week for me. Yeah, you just keep rolling <laughs> so, through it. It, it. Yeah, and again, what a time. And uh, you know, listen to Josh Allen on that. Uh, first of all, good for him. The last four, you know, the last six games during this winning streak. I'm not saying Josh is the reason for the winning streak, but during the winning streak, four sacks, thirteen pressures, yeah, uh, two forced fumbles. He, he he's playing very close to I think, how he wants to play. I don't know if he's at his standard yet. But he's playing really well. And the other thing, the Jacksonville on top. And just the the one way this does compare to 17, it, it, it's really different than 17. But the one thing that it is the same that really resonates every time this team is good is, is what a connection there is when this team is good to the fan base. And, it, and I know that's what every – that's true everywhere with every team that gets good. I get that. But it's special when it happens here. And, you know, the the tears that people write me when they watch sounds of the game, for example, um, and the emotion that these people are feeling over this, it it's a really cool time. Even I mean, it's cool what's going on in the field, but that is, uh, for you and I, Brian, people who have been here forever, covered this thing forever, it's really cool to see. I think a decade from now, when there's some hardware, perhaps – in a trophy case, right, um, and more wins, you'll look back at this particular stretch of games, this this late season run where players, big players, uh, Josh Allen's obviously one of them, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, 
they started making plays, then showed up at the Waffle House in Jacksonville Beach, and all of a sudden, you look back and say that was when the team and the town connected. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's it. I mean, it, it, I don't like to diminish things that happened in the past. I thought it connected in seventeen too. I think. I mean, there was a connection there, but it didn't sustain itself. It didn't sustain, and uh, there was also no Waffle House, and that was as Patrick Mahomes says, baller move. Yeah, baller move. All right, let's get into big things here. On a Wednesday morning in advance of Saturday's AFC Divisional Round playoff at Arrowhead Stadium, let's talk about the turnover margin. And this one is troubling. Over the last five games, all wins for the Jaguars, by the way, they've turned the ball over 12 times. 12. Seven interceptions and five fumbles. Now, you can take this last game out, but that's still seven turnovers in four games. It's become a bit of a problem for this team. And, of course, they put themselves in holes and had to dig themselves out. The Jaguars were plus three at Arrowhead Stadium in Week 10 and lost by 10 points. You can't be minus three and expect to have an opportunity to beat the Chiefs on Saturday afternoon. The head coach is well aware of the problem. You can see the look in his eye. We're fortunate. We're very fortunate. We're very fortunate the other night. Uh, that doesn't happen, you know, for five five takeaways or five giveaways and, and come back and win a football game. That just does not happen. And that's something that we, we address our team a lot. Uh, about and you know I don't want to overemphasize it but at the same time they have to understand that uh, the the the, uh, the seriousness of keeping the football and the seriousness of creating takeaways and you know our defense has also been you know getting the ball a little bit here too so that's that's been a bonus for us but you know offensively uh, we just can't give it away like we've been doing in order to, to win these games especially now where we're at. The Chiefs are a challenge because of Pat Mahomes, but also because of Andy Reid. And it's the master and the student this week. Look, if you look at all the great coaches in this league right now, Andy Reid is at the very top of the mountain in terms of his creativity. You remember that spinning circle thing they did out in Las Vegas a few weeks ago? They're creative. They're willing to be creative. They're not scared to take chances. And it puts a lot of pressure on the opponent. Doug Peterson knows what he's getting because he knows Andy Reid. Listen, I, I, I owe a lot to Coach Reed, you know, uh, my career, not only as a player, but as a coach, and, and I still want to pick his brain and, and, and learn. He's been doing this a long time, and he's been, you know, really, really successful, you know, uh, at it. So anything I can learn and take away from him is, uh, is a blessing for me. And finally, it's not an exaggeration. Arrowhead Stadium, especially during the playoffs, reaches an entirely new level. It is as loud and as boisterous as you'll find in the National Football League. And it's interesting because the Jaguars have had the wind at their back the last couple of weeks with an amazing crowd of their own here in Jacksonville. Now the wind's in their face. Now they've got to be the ones to distribute, to display poise in the noise. Nothing prepares you for that. I can, I can turn the noise here as loud as I want, and it's not going to make an impact. Um, you know, but it's loud for them. You know, uh, it's loud for their defense. And, and um, you know, we both have to play in it, obviously. But it's a, it's a great atmosphere. And, and these, these fans are um, they're, they're passionate about the Chiefs, obviously. And uh, it's, it's the loudest for a reason. And uh, we've just got to be able to go in there. And just, it, just, it just focuses you in, you know, more specifically on your job. You know, you got to be able to hear in the huddle. Uh, things of that nature, and um, you just got to have a lot of the nonverbal communication, you know, on point. 
And those are big things here on Wednesday morning. Let's let's start at the bottom there. I, I grew up in Kansas City, and I can remember when Arrowhead Stadium was a tomb, a mausoleum. It was empty. That stadium, when full, seats 84,000 people. I was there closing day 1984-85 against the New York Jets where there were 16,000 people in the stands, right? They have built this thing over time into something incredibly special. Um, winning teams obviously do that. But the people in Kansas City take a lot of pride in the fact that they're going to make it really difficult on the opposing team. It is really rough, and uh, that can be a huge factor. They are also strangely not unbeatable there. Um, and in the last four years, they've hosted four FC Championships games and lost two. Yeah. So that tells you that there is a formula to go win this. Um, I think the Jaguars, I think Trevor's right when he said yesterday, they've communicated pretty well in some tough environments this year. They've gone on the road and they've played okay. I mean, it, it, two of their uh, wins down the stretch were on the road, not in environments like this. But uh, it can be done, and I think that'll be interesting to sort of watch Sunday uh, what, what sort of formula they try to use to win out there. I mean, I think you have to force Mahomes into not being perfect, which teams have done. You know, you, you saw it last year. You were at the championship uh, game. AFC, I guess, AFC championship game last year, John. A good, but I don't think a great Bengals defense, right? right good. Not stacked like San Francisco's is. They frustrated the hell out of him. Yeah. He was running left and right and throwing balls over receivers' heads. There was one famous third-down opportunity where he had Tyreek Hill running wide open. And we've seen Trevor Lawrence shoot over some receivers' heads a couple of times this year. But you didn't see that from Patrick Mahomes over this run. And yet, he was confused or angry or frustrated. He made mistakes, yeah. epic mistakes in the red zone late in the ballgame that allowed Joe Burrow, the calm, collected quarterback that day, surprising as that sounds, to win. Yeah, and so you make that happen in some key situations, and then uh, I keep going back, and I know we're sort of off topic. No, we're not. I it's keep we go going to back to when Trevor gets hot right now, he, he gets blazing, where he's as good as any quarterback in the league for stretches. You can't be better than he was for the last two quarters in a series. Right. Get into that kind of a rhythm, shock him a little bit, and get Mahomes off spot. There is a formula there to win, uh, and and Kansas City not being unbeatable at home sort of plays into that. I, I think if they played ten times, uh, KC wins seven or eight. Don't get me wrong; they're the better team. They've earned this number one seed. They've earned the Goliath role. But it's not Denver 96 in terms of impossibility here. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting on Saturday. Here's the interesting part, and the reason I wanted to include the prevailing wins in our storyline today is because not every quarterback in this league can stand in the shotgun with that kind of noise and be able to focus and decipher what the defense is doing and then communicate it. We heard from every player in the locker room yesterday. Communication, communication, communication. It's key. Trevor has that ability to be able to take that difficult situation and his heartbeat doesn't get too high. Yeah. He doesn't lose his focus. Uh, That's it, rare. It, if we learned anything on Saturday, I made the point on Monday, and I'm glad I said it. 
We learn more about Lawrence on, uh, I'm sorry, Saturday, than we would have had he been perfect. When you, when your heartbeat doesn't raise and you don't panic after four picks in that situation, knowing, guess what, Brian? Those four picks were different than one o'clock against the Texans in, in October. The entire uh, football world's watching. He intrinsically knows Twitter's blowing up and writing him off. He, you know, to come back from that and play that kind of level, not just play okay, but get increasingly better, get increasingly, you know. His mental game is as sharp as his physical. I don't want to say it's unprecedented what that is because there's a lot of great quarterbacks with mental game. But I can't imagine anybody better in that situation. Well, it's the third best come from behind win in playoff history. Yeah. And John, the fifth best come from behind win in NFL history. Yeah, it's, and uh, again, I think a lot, I'm not sure any of those comebacks were as awful in terms of the quarterback position. I don't think, it, I don't think all those picks were his fault, but as a quarterback, you really own any pick. So to come off with four and then just click it and be as good as there is in football, that's other world. I mean, that's next level, next level stuff. All right, let's touch on the other two big things quickly, and that's the turnovers. And we've seen them in recent weeks. Yeah, obviously, there were yeah. five last week. So it's a big point. But it had been trending in that direction, John, since the Cowboys game with the, with the three turnovers and the two interceptions that day. Um, it, it has become something the Jaguars have been able to overcome because of their defense. But you can't go do that on Sunday in Kansas City and expect them to be able to compensate. No, you have to turn that. and But I think that does, again, speak a little more to the formula. I, I don't think – it's hard to say because they've, they've been doing it. But this doesn't feel like a turnover team. Um, I guess because we watched them all year and they really weren't. And then they've had some weird ones the last few weeks. But if you turn that and then take advantage of your opportunities, then you know I think you make this a game in the fourth quarter. So it to me, what the turnover along with the six wins during the streak speaks to um I think the defense deserves maybe a little more credit than they've gotten for the other night and I say that a lot of people have have given them credit but the defense five turnovers that could have been much much worse to come from behind from and they managed it it was a key point in that game and I know we're moving ahead now 24 nothing the defense got two stops to hold it to 27 nothing. It didn't seem like much at the time, but... You wouldn't have won without it. Right there, that could have turned... You know, in, in 99, that turned into 38 nothing out here, and the yeah. game was... You know, yeah. So the defense really kept that thing at bay, only gave up two long drives, kept that thing in range, and then the second half, of course, was unbelievable. So I think that turnover thing maybe speaks to how well this defense is really playing. Yeah, uh, final thought, and, and that's on the relationship between Andy Reid and Doug Peterson, and they are very close. I mean, they go back, as Doug said yesterday, to 1995, so 28 years, and just a, a quick story uh, that I had been saving. Um, the day after the Kansas City game in Week 10 was Judy Coughlin's funeral, as many folks remember that she passed in November. Um and I looked over as I walked into the church, and there was Andy Reid sitting next to Doug Peterson, right? Um, and then afterwards to watch Andy and Doug and interact with Tom and his family. and I mean, there's a closeness among some of these men mm -hmm. in this league. Not all of them, 
but in some of these old school guys in particular. Uh, Andy and Doug have a very close relationship <clears throat> off the field. Not this week necessarily. Right. You got to be able to separate those things. Um, but this is student versus teacher and friend versus friend. Yeah, and, and I, you mentioned earlier, and you're right. I agree with you. Uh, master versus student. Um, Doug's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and you know, so I, I think Doug He's taught him well. If he was sitting in here, would would say yes, Andy's the master. Uh, and Andy's done it longer and had more sustained success. But uh, Doug calls plays, um, knowing when to do certain things in games. Uh, yeah, it's he taught him well. And it, I'm stopping short of saying that he's better than Andy Reid because that's not what what it's about. Right. But I, it's not a mismatch. He, it's not a mismatch. He Brian. learned well. Yeah. And Doug gave him a lot of credit uh, yesterday leading up to it. So there are big things. When we return, we're going to flip the script a little bit. We'll go with this or that. And then we are expecting Maurice Jones-Drew to join us at the top of the hour. We're back right after this. And welcome back. Jags drive time. Brian and John with you from TIAA Bank Field. Brought to you, of course, by Price.com. Just had confirmation from Maurice Jones-Drew that he is going to join us at 7 o'clock. They've had some power issues with those big storms out in California. So we'll grab him by phone here in a couple of moments. First, though, time for this or that. This or that. This or that. And it's brought to you by Price.com, the easiest way to save money with comparison shopping, cashback, coupons, all in one. It's free. Try Price.com today. John, we'll begin with you. I will wait for my graphic because I want to make sure that I'm right. Um, oh, no turnovers, uh, two takeaways. You put a lot of fun. Well, no, no, no I did. Um, what's more important, Brian, for them to be turnover-free or for them to create big moments and big plays? Um, I would say both because I'm not sure they can win this without this sort of a stat. Being plus two? Um, yeah, in that range. They can't do what they did the other night no. because the crowd's too much against them. And uh, it was Andy historic. Reed won't it, run the ball just seven times. Yeah. Um, I would say the no turnovers is the more key because you don't want that crowd to start believing and sort of start and, and start feasting on the situation. You can get turnovers. It, if the two turnovers lead to touchdowns, then they're more important. Uh, but I think it's critically important that you not give away points, give away momentum. You don't want the offense in the first quarter coming off the field saying, uh, here we go again, We're, you know, a defeatist thing, because I don't know that there'll be the energy to pull them back up on their own, if yeah. that makes any sense. And, and, I, it, and maybe shortchanging them. Maybe they could, but they don't want to put themselves in that situation because early turnovers are going to lead to the deficit that they absolutely don't want. From an energy standpoint, which you know you're going in an energy deficit with that crowd overwhelming everything, I say you got to have the two takeaways. You're going to need perhaps a defensive score. Look, I mean, the Chiefs can score almost at will, seemingly at will. We saw them do it last year in this game against mm -hmm. Buffalo when you thought, well, the Bills got this one. There's only 13 seconds left. Nope. 
No, right. Tyreek Hill, down the field. Here we go. And it went to overtime, and Kansas City won. You're going to need points. You're going to need big plays. The defense has to give them. I'll say you're going to make a mistake or two. It's going to be loud. It's going to be snowing at some point during yeah. the game now. The forecast has changed pretty radically in the last 24 hours. And so you're going to need what that defense can give you to keep the offense moving forward. I'll say those two takeaways are more important than whether you turn the ball over or not. The huge key to me, Brian, is that you you keep looking for ways that say, okay, how can the Jaguars find the formula to win this game? Um, I do believe the fact that, uh, as we talked about all year, I, I've sort of joked that this defense and this team has been confident and believed in itself even when they hadn't earned it. You know, and I I say that as a compliment in, the, in that they believed even when they were struggling that they were good. And it showed the other night. Obviously, you know, a 27 nothing. Uh, you have to be really dim to believe you're coming back. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, they believed it because they knew it, and they were right. So this defense doesn't re- seem to get bothered or down on itself when it gives up plays. So you could easily see a scenario where this thing's 31-27 in the fourth, the defense gives up a huge play, and then comes back and forces a turnover because they believe they're going to. Well, that's what they've done. That's why they are. So I think that in a shootout, having experience in that situation, I think will help this. The Jaguars need to get it to a shootout. It's why they're 5-0, and despite being minus 5, right. over the last five weeks. Because the defense believes they can make a play. All right, here's my this or that. And it's grind it out, play possession football, keep Mahomes in the long coat on the sidelines, or run with them, right? And I say let's run with them because I think that Doug Peterson's philosophy, which is obviously based largely in his time with Andy Reid more than half his life, I I just I don't think going in there and being conservative is going to get it done. I, I don't mean be stupid about it, but it's not like this Jaguars team is built, John, to run the ball like it was at one point in time in 17 with right. Fournette. You know, going back to 2007 when you had our guest at the top of the hour, Maurice Jones-Drew and Fred Taylor. You, those guys controlled the game. You don't do that. At least you haven't proven that you can do it consistently week in and week out. You talked about Trevor being the hot hand and when he gets hot, really yeah. hot. And you have Marvin Jones and Zay Jones. And it was funny. Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and Marvin Jones caught all four touchdown passes in a row, consecutive drives last week. Let's go. Let's send the ball down the field. Yeah. I, again, the weather conditions may change a little bit. And I know you've got to be able to run the ball some. But my philosophy is this week, let it all hang out. Let's go. Yeah. And that thing you mentioned is intriguing. Um, the fact that you've got four guys that caught four touchdown passes or four, caught touchdown passes on consecutive possessions. That's not fluky in this offense, Brian. That's been going on all year. That's sort of symbolized what they've done. I think that's another thing that gives them a shot this weekend. Yeah. You can't really focus. You know, sometimes it's good to have a one. But if you're the Chiefs this week and you're game playing, who are you saying we have to take away? I really like. Like, there's really nobody that they have to focus on. They got to focus on four or five. And Trevor Lawrence for a young quarterback is remarkably good at not caring who he's throwing to. Right. That's a that's literally hasn't been discussed a whole lot. That gives him a chance. I think the grind it out versus uh run with them will be decided in the first few series. I think they want to try to run ETN. Uh if they can figure out a way to 
minimize Chris Jones and get ETN some room, then you might see them gear a little a little more toward the grind. Um, if they can't, I don't think they're going to be stubborn about it. I just go back to last year when the Bills did everything you thought it took to win in Kansas City, including grabbing the lead with 13 seconds left to play, and it wasn't enough. You can't have enough points against this quarterback and that coach in that stadium on Sunday. We'll see. All right, let's take a break. When we return, Maurice Jones-Drew joins us from California to talk a little bit about his comments from halftime on Saturday night and what he thinks happens on Saturday at Arrowhead Stadium. You're watching Jags Drive Time, presented by Jet Home Loans, and we're back after this. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Jack's Drive Time is brought to you by Publix. Publix, where shopping, as you know, is a pleasure. One man stood alone, shouting at the top of the mountain, I believe in the Jaguars! Who is that man? It's halftime. The Chargers are up 27-7. to The most Charger thing to do is allow the Jags back in the game in the second half, and they went on a last-second field goal. All right, and I'm gone. Welcome back to Jags Drive Time. Maurice Jones-Drew joins us by phone right now. And Maurice, Trevor Lawrence is the most beloved man in Jacksonville in the second half of that football game. But at halftime, there were Jaguars fans all over who were clinging to your words. Was it blind faith? Was it, hey, I've got nothing to lose, might as well swing at this one? What prompted that on Saturday night? Well, Brian, first and foremost, uh, you know, I, I first and foremost, hello. How are you? It's been a long time. Good morning. Um, good morning. Yeah, it's, it's a little early over here on the West Coast, but I'll tell you this. I've, I've watched the Jags the last, you know, really close to the last 10 weeks, um, and that's kind of how they've played. They've, they've, they've hung – people allow them to hang around. They've found a way to, to make a play or two in the second half and get them back in the game. So, you look at the Baltimore Ravens or the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, they, they were down by 17. So this wasn't a, a, a place where the Jags have been where they've folded or done anything like that. They've just continued to fight. And so knowing the Chargers, obviously being in L.A. with the Rams and seeing some of the Chargers games as well, they kind of let their foot off the gas a little bit a lot when they get big leads. And so to me, it only seemed right that – after that score, right before half, the momentum had kind of shifted a little bit. And knowing that the, the Chargers aren't one of the best running teams in the league, that they were going to give the Jags an opportunity. And sure enough, man, I mean, you can start to see the momentum start to change. Their sideline started to change. Bosa had some uncharacteristic penalties. Uh, and all these things started to happen. And sure enough, bang, boom, here we are. And uh, the game gets close. The kid misses. He misses the extra point, right? He missed the extra point or a field goal or something. And he, he missed a 41-yard field goal. Say it again? He missed a 41-yard field goal. There it is. And I, I knew it was – It was. I was like, it's starting to – and that kid hasn't missed at all. And actually, we had him in camp with the Rams. I say we because I, 
I uh, work for the Rams now, and he was really good. He just couldn't beat out Matt Gay. And it just – everything started to happen. And I, I kind of had a feeling, but I just knew after that first touchdown in the second – the first that was the first touchdown in the first half, right before that, you know, the momentum has shifted and it was going to get uh, a little ugly there for the Chargers. Maurice, John Ozier here. I, I, uh, we appreciate you doing this. Um, I do stay up on Sundays and watch you when you're on uh, the late-night show – only watch the weeks you're on. I don't watch the other weeks. Um, but you've been on this train all along. Even when this team was two and six, you were still talking positively about the Jags. And I know you know you do because you love the Jags. But there was also something you liked about this team. What has it been all along? Well, I think the biggest thing for me is you know during that coach search, I I got opportunity to talk with Shad Khan, and, and we we kind of talked for about two like I would say about an hour and a half, two hours and just breaking down different candidates. And, and, you know, he talked about Doug Peterson and what he liked about him. And I, I actually was like, you know, I, I really like Doug Peterson. I love that he's a former player, and he gives you – he's a uh, problem solver. And I, I think that as a head coach isn't valued enough, right? A guy that can solve problems for your quarterback or help your quarterback solve problems. Um, and to me, that was always the big, the big question. Last year, uh, there wasn't enough quarterback resources – on that team to help Trevor as he got stuck into some situations, right? It caused a little bit of frustration. You know, guys are used to winning, whatever it might have been. Well, you bring in Doug Peterson, you have uh, Mike McCoy as a quarterback coach, you have an OC, you have a ton of knowledge all around your quarterback to give him opportunities, and you saw spurts. You saw times where the Jags would be able to score points at will and play really good defense, and it was just trying to get it all together. And so I, I really feel – it was after that Chiefs game where they, they played really well. And offensively, they kind of stumbled a little bit in the red zone. Um, and it was like, okay, if they could get this thing, put this thing together, they'll be okay. And I, I feel like right after that bye week, you started to see them play different. And so to me on that show, it's like, look, it's, it's, I'm going to always root for the Jags, but this isn't just like me rooting for the Jags. This is actually it's something that's going on. They have a lot of talent on this roster. They have young, a young nucleus that can, that can play really well. And they're going to continue. They, they continue to fight, and so to see uh, all those things kind of happen down the stretch uh, was awesome. And you know, you always wish for that. Like when I was there, we always wished that we could play well in the second half and do all those things. Well, these guys are actually doing it, which again is, is big time. So the fight gets tougher on Saturday. Obviously, that crowd, that quarterback, that coach. You're the offensive coordinator, right? I mean, you tell me. Do you grind it out or do you air it out? What's your philosophy? going into Kansas City this week with this team based on what you know of it? Well, to me, it's, it's, you want to stay balanced. And I think that's what allows you to come back against the Chargers, the ability to still be able to run the football. Um, a lot of times we want to just throw it, throw it, throw it. Like, I get it. If you're going to play the Tennessee Titans, who have one of the top, if not the top, rush defense, let's not even waste our time running our head into a brick wall. Yeah, we'll run it five, six, maybe ten times, but let's throw the football a little bit because we know that's where their, their, their weakness is the secondary. But against most some other teams, or most other teams, you could be balanced. And I think, again, that's what allowed the Jags to come back and be, uh, to come back against the Chargers. They were still able to run the football. Uh, they were still able, and they forced that, it forced the Chargers to get down to a cover three, which allowed them to take shots down the field. Uh, if you're playing the Chiefs, stay balanced. Force them to have to defend the whole field vertically and horizontally, and then, and then see what happens. You have some advantages there in the slot with Christian Kirk. You're still able to run the football. Now you have to block Chris Jones. But other than that, I mean, these guys have done a great job. And shout out 
to the O-line coach, my guy, Phil Rauscher, who I went to college with, for getting Walker Little ready and being able to start in these these crucial situations and, and not give up a pressure yesterday or last week. Maurice, you and Fred sort of made this franchise known for running backs. Uh, it's sort of been the defining position of this team until now. Uh, tell me about Travis Etienne. What do you like about him? Uh, does he have a chance to sort of be on that Rushmore around this well, team? Well, I, I, I think so. And, and, and the reason, reason is, is one, they, they, Doug Peterson is very creative in his running game. Him and his, his running group or whatever goes together, they're very creative, right? It's just not, here, we're just going to run the ball here and run down. They, they actually, they're, they're detailed in their run game the same way they are in their passing game. And so it opens up and it stresses the defense differently than most. I was watching the Houston-Texas game where Travis was able to break a long one on a, a it looked like a wonky run play, but it created a hole right over the left side, and he was able to get through and split the safeties and make make a big-time play. So they, as long as they stay creative in that running game and they continue to give him opportunities, and he's going to get better. I know he had the fumbling, the little fumblies, like middle of the season, early to middle of the season. But as long as he continues to get better and, and, and play his speed, the way he's able to cut, um, all the things, his contact balance, all the vision, all the things that he has, it's going to allow this team to keep going. Now, granted, you're going to need another guy to go with him eventually. I know Hasty's there, and he's doing he's doing a really good job. But you want you want to make sure that you continue to keep him fresh, so that he can run the way he is now. Later, you know, a couple years down, a couple years from now, down the stretch. So uh, they're doing a great job of just being explosive in the running game, the same way they are in the passing game. And he's doing a great job of being patient, allowing his line to go to work for him. Hey, since you mentioned Rauscher, um, what'd you think of the T formation and that fourth down play? I mean, Doug Peterson said on Monday morning, and we've been talking to him all week about his creativity in coming up with that. Well, first of all, Phil knows that you, you're supposed to steal a little bit here and there. I don't know if you call it stealing. You call it copyright infringement from Penn State. They ran that against Utah uh, in the Rose Bowl. So I'm sure he... he He'd been watching some tape. But that T formation, I mean, it, it puts defenses in a bind because think about it. We're, we're, we're ready to do a quarterback sneak. We got three guys in the backfield. You know you're going to try to push. Then we sneak our running back. We do an off-tackle play, and he's able to bounce it outside and, and use their aggressors against him, which was a great call and a great job by, uh, by Phil. But also it was executed to a T, no pun intended, by, by the Jaguars' offense where ET is able to get around the corner and use his speed and, and run on a guy that's not as fast as him. Uh, so, I, I mean, I thought, again, like I said, the creativity the, in, the, in the situations, I don't know if uh, when I was playing that we would have ever done anything like that. We might have, we might have. But, you know, I, I think, again, it's just being bold enough to call a play like that in that situation. All right, so here's the way I see it, based on the last time the two teams met in Week 10. And, and that day the Jaguars were plus three. But Mahomes threw four touchdown passes and, you know, kind of had his hand on their forehead, kind of like the older brother, the younger brother, and, and just kind of kept him at, at arm's length. So you're not going to go run away from Kansas City and get out in front of them and blow them out in the playoffs. It just doesn't happen. My question to you is, will the Jaguars have an opportunity to win the game in the fourth quarter? I, I think so. I, I, the only thing is Trevor can't do what he did in the first half of, obviously, this game. right? If you do that against the Chiefs, they're going to score touchdowns and it's, it's going to get ugly. Um, I think if, if the Jaguars play clean football, which no turnovers, uh, stay efficient, punt the ball on fourth down if you get into a critical situation, don't get too aggressive. Um, 
I, th- I think they I think they have a chance in the fourth quarter to be able to have a last second drive to win it. The, the, the thing is, the Jags people don't give them enough credit for the talent they have on this roster. They have a very talented roster, right? If you look at it, they have uh, three three playmakers on the outside that can all beat you. Not everyone has three corners that can stop you. You have a tight end that is flourishing the way he was supposed to coming out of college. Uh, you have a uh, running game. You have a quarterback. Defensively, your defense, they're, finding, they're now finding ways to harass the quarterback. Guys are starting to show up. So it, they're doing all the things that you need to to win a championship uh, and to beat some of these top teams and to be a top-four team in the AFC. And, and you know, so, so it, to me, it's all about confidence. Do you believe that you can go into Kansas City and win? I think that last game that they had, they played there, may be the deciding factor because I want to say in that game, they had some red zone opportunities that they squandered. And if they don't squander those, the game looks completely different. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that, that there can be that confidence builder of, okay, all we have to do is continue to play the way we're playing. Excuse me. And uh, once we get in the red zone, we got to make sure we, we have a little bit different design, which – I love their design in the red zone. They find ways to attack them, uh, all over the field. So if they can do that, I think they'll be good. Maurice Jones, Drew, from California. Is your power back on? Family doing well after all the storms? Uh, listen, the, stor- the storms are crazy. I live on like the side of this mountain, too. So there's all this running water that's flooding the streets right now. But, yeah, it's getting. we're getting there. We're getting there. All right. Well, we, um, we're grateful that you got up with us this morning. And, we hope maybe we're talking again in the next couple of weeks about this team continuing on into the playoffs. Yeah, and John, I appreciate you staying up late, man. I know we're on late there on the on the East Coast. I appreciate the love and support. No, it's a great it's a great show, and for people who don't watch it, it's it post game on NFL Network on Sunday on the on the weeks. I think Maurice, it's the weeks where Rams have a home game and you can get over there, but it's uh, it's a really entertaining show. Great job with it from no, one of the most entertaining players in Jaguars history. Mo, we appreciate you, big boy. Take care of yourself. Right. Best to your family. Same to you guys. See you later. All right, that's Maurice Jones-Drew. Um, an eager, energetic, erstwhile believer in Jacksonville and the Jaguars, and we're grateful for his time this morning. We'll come back and wrap up this show on Wednesday. Here from TIAA Bank Field right after this. The Jaguars Game Day Radio is presented to you by Star Credit Union. Star reminds you to do good and bank better. Give you an update here real quick on the weather situation in Kansas City as it stands right now. A day ago, it was going to be 46 for the high and 28 for the low. No precipitation, but overnight, it has now become high of 38 during the day. Around kickoff, it looks like it's going to be 38 and um, snow. Don't know how heavy, don't know how light. Kansas City's not a, a big, heavy snow town like a buffalo. Um... But that'll add to the intrigue of a playoff mm-hmm. game. Yeah. It, 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 it's January football, Brian. All right. Um, I throw what this you out, asked for. I throw this out to you every week. Ozone podcast? Uh, it will be Walker Little, I believe. So that'll be uh, interesting. Uh, Walker's been on before, but not when he was a starter. Uh, and, and he played really well last week. Yeah, I mean, he, he, it's he's a remarkable story and looking forward to talking to him. And we are telling a remarkable story through the course of this postseason. We hope you'll join us for Jags Drive Time tomorrow. By the way, our friends at DreamFinders Homes have been the official home builder of the Jaguars, now going on nine years. Visit DreamFindersHomes.com for all the available inventory, and they say go Jags in these playoffs. For John Osier, Joe Fortunato, 
Brett Reber and our entire broadcast crew here. We'll see you on Thursday as we get you set for Saturday football for the third consecutive week. Have a great day, everybody. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Dot com slash compatibility.